the Lord wonderful? So wonderful. What a great God we serve. I'm so thankful for him tonight, and I'm thankful to see you in the house of the Lord. I know kind of threw everybody off us moving this to Tuesday. I hope it, some people don't forget and show up tomorrow. Uh, if you're watching, don't come tomorrow. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, you, well, you can, but you'll be in the parking lot. And so uh, we're just thankful that we can uh, have this time together tonight. And I uh, have one verse of scripture while you're standing tonight. Uh, Titus. If, if you've been trying to figure out maybe some devotional or something to read for the next few mornings, um, read Tim, both Timothys and then read Titus. Just, and as you read them, of course, pay attention to the instruction but, that Paul gives to these, these people. But look at the similarities. He, he doesn't change a lot from letter to letter, you know, because everybody's got to believe and obey the same thing. And I see so many similarities in what he writes to Timothy and then what he writes to Titus and, and the, 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 the statements and words and phrases that he uses. So you, you realize that there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. This that we are to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Paul, Paul wasn't preaching something in one place and preaching something else in another. He preached one gospel. But in Titus, uh, as I was reading uh, a couple of mornings ago, it just this chapter 3 really stood out to me in, in verse 8 uh, today and just studying over it again. That's where I want to try to bring a thought from tonight. Titus 3 and 8 says this, This is a faithful saying, not what he said previously, but what he's about to say. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly and here they are that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works and then the second is these things are good and profitable unto men and I want to talk to you a while tonight on this thought the behavior of the believer behavior of the believer. Let's pray for the lesson tonight. Ask the Lord to help us understand it and hear it. Lord, we love you tonight and thankful for your word. Thankful for his instruction, for his Lord help that it gives us for the peace it brings. Lord, tonight anoint these lips of clay for just a few moments that I might bring a word to your precious people. Let our ears be ready to hear what the Spirit is saying that we can all be changed, be better, and be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Aren't you thankful for his word? Aren't you thankful to be a believer? Don't you, don't you know who you believe in tonight? Praise God. You can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Thank you for our music tonight, darling. And uh, appreciate our music and of course, you notice with the organ over here. Uh, hopefully, it won't be too much longer. By Sunday, we'll be ready to rock and roll with that organ playing. That's going to be really great. So, uh, good things coming. Good things coming. So, this is a faithful saying. What he was telling Titus, what I'm about to say is something you need to hear, you need to listen to, and then uh, the things that are after that, 
I will that you affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. We, uh, this kind of, I can almost jump on the tail end of the message that was preached on Sunday that Jake brought to us and uh, because it talks about, um, basically it's telling us here again, reminding us, not in the same wording, but that we must be doers and not hearers only of the word. Because you can read the scripture and you can be encouraged. You can read the scripture and actually begin to have faith. Hearing the word of God, preached word of God, the scripture tells us, will bring faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. But just because it produces faith does not mean it will produce a result. Because faith without works or doing is dead. We must have the behavior of a believer. It matters once we come to God how we behave. And I'm not just talking about people acting out. I'm talking about that so many people think that coming to God is simply about what you do not do anymore. Well, I don't do that no more. I'm a Christian. I don't go there anymore. I'm a Christian. I don't watch that anymore. I'm a Christian. I don't listen to that. It's always about what you don't do, what you don't do. But it's what you are supposed to be doing. Peter said this in 2 Peter 3 and 11. He asked the question to the saints. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? If there's ever been a scripture that we can look at ourselves in the mirror and ask that will dig out what's going on inside of us is what manner of person should I be? In all holy conversation. That conversation, the word means behavior. It's not in talking to people because some people never have conversations. They don't talk. You know, they, they, they like, mm, nope, I'm an introvert. I don't talk. I'm just quiet. I don't say anything. So it's not that. Uh, he's saying um, in your behavior and your godliness or how you reflect who God is, who you believe. Uh, I'll tell you this. Our behavior will make or break our testimony. Our behavior will make us or break us in our ministry. Our behavior will make us or break us in our ability to reach souls. Because if we say one thing but do another thing, no one's going to believe that we have anything. And if anything, the events of 2020, especially since March of 2020... They have caused so much controversy, anger, bitterness, strife, division that now we must as the church, as believers in God, be careful, so careful to maintain good works. Listen to what he said. He said, they that which have believed in God might be careful to maintain That means something has been taught to us. Something has been given to us. A way of life has been handed to us, and we've got to take care of it. It'd be like if somebody gave you a parcel of ground, and and it had a garden in it, and they said, you'll be able to eat from this the rest of your life, but you'll have to take care of it. You can't just say, oh, that's awesome. Look at all the vegetables that are already growing. Look at the fruit and all that stuff in it. Man, I won't have to worry about anything, and then I'm just going to go inside and sit. 
and never go out there and pull the weeds, never fertilize it, never water it, never uh, you know, prune and cut and do the things that you need to do. And one day you walk out there and go, why is there nothing here? Because you did not maintain what was given to you. When God calls us out of the world, there is a change that happens. The scripture says we become new creatures. And, and I mean, we're brand new. We're shiny, man. We're good as gold. But there's another place in scripture that says, how has the gold become dim? Hey, let me tell you, you've got to maintain. You know, if, if you get something that's a uh, precious metal, you know what you got to do to keep it looking precious? You got to polish it. I, this is maybe it's a little embarrassing. I don't know, but for our wedding, someone bought us a pure silver pitcher, serving pitcher. It's beautiful, or it was, but it's in a cabinet, and you can't even tell it's silver anymore. I have not ever polished it one time. I have not wiped it off. I haven't washed it. It has been went from box to box to box for, since we got it for our wedding. We have never put the first liquid in it to use it. It, is, it was something it's nice. It's silver. You think, wow that's silver. That's great. Uh, I'll never use it. Put it in a cabinet. There it sits. We didn't get rid of it because hey, somebody gave it to us. I don't even know who gave it to us and uh, so if you're listening sorry. Uh, sorry it never got polished. But the reason it is dim, the reason that it is, like if I took it out now and said, hey, yeah, just use this. People are like, I don't think I want to pour nothing out of this. Uh, I have not maintained. I have not polished it, taken care of it. And that's my fault. That's not the person who gave it to me. That's not their fault. It's not God's fault when we stop maintaining our walk with him. The Lord said, if you're going to be my disciple, you'll take up your cross daily and follow me. I'm not going to stop walking. I'm not going to sit down and wait for you to catch up. It's up to you if you want to walk this walk to do it. And so as in, there's been so much that has happened in 2020 that, that people have gotten so uh, divided and they're so uh, confused and scared and all these things have happened that they have let go of who they are and and they and and they don't realize that the things that they are posting and and publishing on social uh media uh is affecting the way they maintain good works because you can talk about good works all day on Sunday but if Monday through Saturday your posts are, are, are so rotten and terrible that, that nobody can tell you even serve the Lord, uh, you're not maintaining good works. He said believers in God have to be careful. You've got to take some concern. It, it ought to concern you how you walk. It ought to concern you what you do. It ought to concern what you watch, what you listen to, where you go, who you hang around. It ought to concern you. If... If where you are you know is not going to bring a good report, you're not maintaining good works. If what you're watching is not going to bring back a good report, it's not maintaining good works. I've got to be careful to maintain it. That means there's something trying to deplete it. There's something trying to tarnish it. There's something trying to remove good works or block good works in our life. 
When Jesus said we were the light of the world, he said, you're like a a candle that's uh, lit. He said, but no man lights a candle and puts it under a bushel. But there's uh, things in this world that are trying to set that bushel down on top of our light. Because he said, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works. But when you start living under a bushel... Nobody can see the light that God gave you. But he said, I gave you something so it could light the whole house and everybody could benefit from it. When when you light a candle, it ain't just for you, but anybody in the house is going to benefit from that light. He said, what I put inside of you is for the benefit of all. And that's what uh, Paul said to Titus. He said, maintain these good works. These are good and profitable unto men. Whenever you start thinking that Jesus saved you just for you, Yeah, you have missed the point entirely. He knows that it is a domino effect. He knows that there is a reaction that happens. He said, if I can get one, I'm going to get another because that light's going to start shining. That's why you see 3,000 souls added on the day of Pentecost uh, because it it wasn't just when Peter preached and let that light shine and and the rest of those people that had been in that prayer meeting began to let that light shine. It was one after the other, after the other, after the other until 3,000 souls were added to the church and it was because men uh, that uh, of all nations and uh, could see what was going on in their life and so we've got to uh, remember don't get weary in well-doing you've got to make sure that oh man the love of God that we had when we first came to to Jesus when the Holy Ghost first came alive inside of us that excitement that fire that that dedication and that that, that carefulness we had Woo, we, we was we were probably a little too careful we didn't realize we couldn't break the Holy Ghost you know we were we were so we were real careful in our walk but 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 it was because we cared so much about what we had and, and man we were loving people that were unlovable and we were nice to people who weren't nice and we were talking to people about the Lord and we were doing so many good things but then over time and things start happening in our world and in our mind and people talk about you see people who who should just be preaching the gospel but all they can talk about is politics and so you well I trust preachers so I, so you start listening to them talk about politics when preachers start talking about politics turn them off just turn them off just get rid of that because you ain't going to save me by getting me to vote your way Talk to me about Jesus and his resurrection power. Talk to me about Jesus and his blood that washes whiter than snow. Talk to me about the name that's above every name. Talk to me about the gospel. Come on, preachers. Maintain some good works. Put the politics behind you. Dust your Bible off. Get back in the word and start preaching what God called you to preach. He didn't preach. You know what? He didn't call me to campaign for Donald Trump. He didn't call me to campaign for nobody. He called me to preach the gospel and to be careful to maintain good works. Vote for who you're going to vote for. I'm telling you, it don't matter. It ain't going to save you. We've got to be careful. He said, be careful. Because it's so easy to still wear the uniform but not do the job. You know, when I left my job at the city of Conyers, I had the shirts that we had to wear every day, and I I had them. They were mine. Nobody else wanted them. So I took them with me. But I was not employed. 
I could not put that shirt on and go to work in somebody's house and then expect the city to pay me because I didn't work for them anymore. I don't want to just be wearing the uniform and not doing the job. Come on. I want to be careful that I'm not letting this world trip me up. Be careful what you are posting. Social media is like a window into your world. We need to be careful what people are seeing in our world. The Bible says, well, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, but it's also out of the abundance of the heart, the fingers type. Yeah. And if, it, and if it's showing up on your social media, then that's what's in your heart. And come on, somebody. I know you, so oh, you're getting, trying to get down to where the rubber meets the road. I'm trying to tell you something today, that once we become believers in God, it matters. It absolutely matters what we do. It absolutely matters what we say. It absolutely matters uh, where we find our feet. We, we've got to make sure that we are. Oh, oh, you one of them that preaches against breathing fresh air. No, I'm not. But I am against ungodliness. And I am against unrighteousness. And I am against the things that are not like God. And I know the kind of man I was before Jesus got a hold of me. I know who I was before he washed me. I know who he was, who I was before he filled me. And I was a different person. That's why if any man is, is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. You know that I have not punched anybody in the face since 1993. Prior to 1993, well... I have not had a drop of alcohol, unless it's in mouthwash, since 1993. Hadn't had it. I have not had snuff. I have not had chewing tobacco. I have not smoked a joint. Yeah. You see... Something happened and behavior had to change and things had to be different. I, how would it look for me to have come out of that service on that Wednesday night in 1993 where I repented and was baptized and God got a hold of my life if that following Friday night I was back at the club ordering up drinks for the house and just sitting back and, and partying and carrying on. And Oh, by the way, Wednesday, man, I went and got baptized. What about that? What's that mean? It must not change because you're still here. You're going to go different places. You're going to be a different person. And there ain't nothing wrong with being different because if we didn't have to be different, we wouldn't need to be born again. He said, whatever's born of the flesh is born of the flesh, and it's going to love the flesh and want the things of the flesh. But that which is spirit, oh, is, when it's born of the spirit, it becomes spirit, and it starts looking for the spiritual things. I'm talking to the believers today. They which have believed in God need to be careful to maintain. You see, a lot of people think once I come to God, I ain't got to do nothing else. Then why did Paul write? You believe, uh, people that believe Paul wrote that Romans road to salvation and I ain't got to do nothing else. Well, that same Paul, he's writing on this road, you better maintain 
you better be careful to maintain good works because there's going to be something. There's a roaring lion sneaking around seeking whom he may devour. There's, a, uh, there's an enemy. There's a liar. There's an accuser. There, evil men and seducers will wax worse. Jesus said in the last days, do not be deceived. There's going to be somebody trying to get you off the mark, get you off your walk, get you out of your faith. Hey, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of the world. Yeah. I don't want to be spoiled by the traditions of men and the rudiments of the world and not after Christ, who I have believed in. Once I have believed in God, my behavior must be different. Or it's not a walk at all. It's not faith at all. You can believe in a lot of things that you don't participate in. Yeah. I don't want to believe and not participate. I don't want to believe and then not be a part of what God's doing. I want to make sure that I am maintaining that. I don't get so confident and comfortable and complacent that I think I don't have to do nothing. Oh, will you buy a new car? Oh, it runs so good. And it smells so good. Some people don't like new car smell. I love it. I, I wish they could really. They, you buy something at the auto parts store that says new car smell. It ain't new car smell. It, it, uh, I've tried all of them. It, it don't. And it's disappointing. But, you know, it, it, everything runs smooth. The air works right. The windows roll up and down. Man, I mean, it, you, it looks good. It's shiny. The brakes work. No squeaks, no noises, no rattles, nothing. You can't even hear the outside. You know, it's like your car is just tight. Everything's tight and perfect. But drive that car. For, let's say you've been living for God 10 years. Drive that car 10 years and never rotate the tires. You got a rough ride going on drive that car for 10 years and never put a drop of oil in it I doubt you'll make it 10 years don't don't uh, service that car don't don't clean it don't wash it don't uh, you know don't uh, just all your hamburger wrappers in the floor and drink bottles and stuff everywhere just just gum wrappers thing whatever just just don't clean it out don't just I'm just going to drive it till the wheels fall off. Don't put, you know, uh, the very, you just do the very minimum, and that's put a couple dollars in gas to keep you off the side of the road. And, man, your ride is not very enjoyable. It's not near as good as it was when that car was new. And the only reason that it's not so enjoyable anymore is because you didn't maintain it costs you when you don't maintain. Repairs are expensive when you don't maintain. If you go and rotate your tires and get your brakes serviced and things like that, the bill's not near as big as if you just ride them till the brakes fall off or till the engine locks up. You know, I, I can I can pay twenty dollars for an oil change every three thousand miles or five whatever it is now. You you know they're different now, but. Uh, it's a lot better to pay that twenty dollars every three thousand miles than to pay three thousand dollars for a new engine down the road. I've got a car. My car's a two thousand six. It only has forty nine thousand miles on it. The guy that had it for me babied it. I baby it. 
and it still runs so good. And it still, I mean, the air works. It's nice. The inside don't even like nobody's hard to set in. I clean it. I mean, you could eat fried chicken off the floor mats. It is clean. I maintain it. It's going to keep looking like it looks because I take care of it. I see people with cars that I like in town, and it looks like they've just been mud bogging in them, never doing nothing. I'm like, why would you have a car like that and never clean it? Bumper hanging off of it, tire road rash on or curb rash on the rim, just tore it, just beat up. Why? And I look at sometimes I look at people that I know what they had. I'm like, why did you stop maintenance? Why did you stop preaching? Why did you stop praying? Why did you stop reaching? Why did you stop worshiping? Why did you stop reading your Bible? Why did you stop? Let me tell you, listening to the fish ain't going to get you to heaven. Downloading all the new music, it ain't going to get you there. That's nice, and we, we, we love good apostolic Christian Holy Ghost field music. I love it. I love some of the new stuff. I love the old stuff. I love uh, church music. But let me tell you, it ain't going to save me. He didn't say, I called you out of darkness so you could download all the latest hits. He said, I called you out so you could be a light shining to this world. Now, if that music is part of your light, praise God. But let me tell you, it can't be the only thing. We've got to maintain good works. You can listen to Hill songs with whiskey on your breath. You can listen to Hill songs on your way back from the bar. So don't talk to me about it. You've got to maintain some good works. We live in a world that's after our good works, and we've got to maintain them. I think about what Paul said in Philippians 3 and 16. He said, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, wherever you've gotten to, man, hang on to it. He said, maintain it. Whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me. Are you living your life in such a way that you can be confident enough to say, be followers of me? Not because I want you to start worshiping me or baptizing me. That's not what he's saying. But he, he knew that I am doing the things that I have been doing since the beginning. And if you want to know the way to go, follow me because I'm following him and he said mark them which walk so as you have us for an example so you see believers should be an example to the rest of this world not of just what not to do but what they ought to be doing yeah there's a lot of things we shouldn't do but there's a lot of things we ought to get to doing yeah we ought to get to praying fasting and giving we ought to get to uh, worshiping we ought to get to seeking, asking, and knocking. We need to get to loving uh, our brothers as ourselves, loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We need to get back to some old-timey stuff. We need to get back to the old path where is the good way. We need to get back to that, that fire we had at the beginning. We need to get back to not worrying about what nobody thought about me because I, I don't go where they go or do what they do or listen to what they listen or I don't wear what they wear anymore. We need to get back to maintaining our good works. 
We need to get back to that status we had where people would just say, there's something about you as soon as they see you because they can just tell that God is radiating out of you. But Paul said this, For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now I tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. In other words, they just want the things that they can fill themselves up with and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Who mind earthly things. I don't want to be caught up in earthly things. I don't want to be caught up in things that are unlike him. I want to make sure that I am, uh, he changed me. He called me uh, away from earthly things. In Colossians Chapter 3, here's the mindset of these believers. Paul said, if you then be risen with Christ, baptized. And folks will say, you don't have to be baptized. How are you going to be risen with him if you're never baptized? Because the scripture says, if we are buried with him in baptism, then we are raised up. You can't be risen with him until you're baptized with him. He said, so he's talking to the church, to the born-again people. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Start looking in a different direction. You've got to start looking at things. You, you, we lived in this world before, and our vision was, it was here, just here, all, all around. Only, all I could see, earthly things, temporal things, what I could see in the mirror, what I could see right in front of me. He said, now... Look for those things that are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection. That word means interest, your love, your interest on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with God in Christ. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Aren't you glad tonight? Something's different. Your life is different. It's hid. If my life is hid with Christ. I can promise you Christ ain't wanting to go messing around in the world. He ain't wanting to lie, cheat, steal, do any of those things. And, and he goes down to verse 5. He says, mortify your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, uh, covetousness, which is idolatry. For which thing, these things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Don't lie one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Man, there's got to be some kind of new way of thinking going on. And if there's a new way of thinking, there's going to be a new way of acting. We are in the world, but we are not of it. We are risen with Christ, and we must behave like a believer. That's our light. That's our salt. It's how we will see others come to God and be saved. Paul said it to Titus. He said, these things are profitable and good for men. What things? The things you do. That's why I said it wasn't never just about saving you. It was about somebody else coming to God. The only way a lot of people are ever going to see the goodness of God is through you and I. 
when they see somebody else extend the love and mercy of God, uh, somebody they know uh, was a wreck, somebody they know who was terrible, but now they're changed, they're acting different, they're talking different, they, they, they're, you know, they're going to see that God can do anything. They're going to see the goodness of God, and it's the goodness that leads them to repentance. And, he's, and that's what he's telling us. He said the things that are profitable and good for other men are the good things that you do. Because the commandment first is to love him with everything we got. But the second one is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. One place it said the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart. In other words, the purpose of it. The purpose of the commandment is that you show love. It starts with love. It don't Love don't die in the middle of it. If it starts with love, it's going to end with love. And it's going to be love all the way through it. That we love him and love others. Love him, love others. Love him, love others. Love, if we love him, we keep his commandments. Love is tied to keeping his words, to doing those things. Unless my love is growing cold. The scripture said in the last days that because iniquity shall abound, the love of many would wax cold. They are not maintaining good works. And that's what Jesus was warning them of. And that's what Paul was telling uh, Titus. Tell these believers, those that believe in God, be careful. Don't, if you've got to be careful, that means that he's saying that their way of thinking is changing. They're beginning to think, I don't have to do anything else. Or it doesn't matter what I do. I can be who I want to be. I can act like I want to act, and it doesn't matter. But Paul said, no, that's not how it is. He said, you've got to uh, maintain these good works. You've got to make sure you are following Christ. Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 and 6, he said, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, then you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto you have attained. You've gotten to a certain point, he said, and, and you're going to bring people to that same place where you are. He said, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness for bodily exercise profiteth little I've said this before he didn't say he was against exercising we need physical activity we need exercise that's fine but you can never get fit enough to make it to heaven it doesn't matter how fit your body is if you zero percent body fat and you can you know run a, a 3040 and you can you got a nine foot vertical leap or whatever, you know, you're so fit, you know, that don't matter. You could die from a brain aneurysm, a stroke, heart attack, you know, something could happen. It don't, that's why he said that is going to, pro- in the grand scheme of things, means very little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. There's a difference. In your lifestyle. And it's profitable. What did Paul say to Titus? These things are profitable unto men. They're good and profitable unto other men. And he's saying godliness is profitable. Now it's profitable. This is a faithful saying. And worthy of all acceptation. In other words, everybody should believe this and and, and, uh, embrace this. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men. 
especially of those that believe, believers in God. These things command and teach, let no man despise thy youth, but be an example of the believers in word, in conversation or behavior, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Don't let nobody despise your youth, that zeal, that faith, that love that you have when you first come to God. He said, but you go ahead and be an example. Don't let nobody tear down what you've got. But in other words, he's saying, as an example, you are maintaining good works because you're going to be an example of the believer in word, in the words you speak, in the words you read, in the words you live by, in your behavior, in charity, love, in spirit, in faith, in purity, keeping yourself unspotted from the world. He said, until I come, give attendance. In other words, you're maintaining your walk by this. Give attendance to reading. A lot of people don't like to read the word. Read the word. It'll speak to you. Exhortation to doctrine. I don't get into doctrine. You won't be saved without doctrine. You've got to have doctrine. Neglect not the gift. Listen, so important. If you're not neglecting, what are you doing? You can answer, maintaining. If you're not neglecting your car, you're maintaining it. If you're not neglecting your your body, you're maintaining it. If you're not neglecting your uh, marriage, you're maintaining it. If you're not neglecting relationships, you're maintaining those things. You're taking care of them, doing what needs to be done so that they will last. And so he said, don't neglect the gift that is in you. And it was given to you by prophecy and laying on the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly. Not partly. Ain't no part-time service in the Lord. He said, give yourself wholly to these things that your profiting may appear unto all. Well, I've got, I've got it inside. I know it. If it's inside, they're going to see it on the outside. You see, because yeah, it's, it's that double standard. Well, God knows what's in my heart. But you're supposed to be letting that out. Uh, well, God looks on the heart. He don't look on the outside. But people are looking on the outside. <laughs> and if you hiding it in your heart, I ain't talking about like David said, I'm going to hide it so I won't sin. I, oh, I'm hiding it on the inside, and I know what I got, and I'm going to keep it until he comes back. You ain't helping nobody. And God called us to help somebody, to shine a light. Get the bushel off of your light. Let your light shine. He said, so you're profiting. The things that are blessing you will appear to everybody. And then they'll see God working through you and God working in you. And they'll realize God could work in me too. Because it's good and profitable unto men. What you have is a blessing for somebody else. Quit hogging the blessing. Quit hoarding the blessing. Let... It's supposed to be rivers of living water issuing forth. It's supposed to be a well of living water springing up. It's not just us going to dip out of a stagnant pool. And then he said, take heed or be careful. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine for all them that don't like doctrine. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine and continue in them. Maintain your walk in these things, Timothy. 
maintain where you are, continuing them. For in doing this, you will both save yourself and them who hear you. If you ever thought that your salvation, I know we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. I get that. Uh, that's not, but you've got to see this in the context that how are all the, how, how many people, how, how many could, you don't have to raise your hand or say anything, but think back that you came to God because of someone else reaching for you, because somebody else invited you, because someone else prayed with you, loved you, encouraged you, said, come on, I know a God. Yeah, exactly. What if that individual was not around? Where would you be today? Where would you be without the one who invited you to your first church service? Where would you be? Where would you be without the one who uh, taught you a Bible study and you saw the oneness of God and the baptism in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Ghost? Where would you be if that individual never, ever spoke to you? Where would you be today? And that's why we must be careful in this day and time. Not because not I think, hey, let me tell you, the devil can't steal nothing. He ain't come, he ain't steal nothing from me. He, I, I'm talking about, uh, he's saying we've got to maintain it. In other words, don't neglect it. I, I used to hear Brother Everhart quote the scripture so many times. He said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And he would go on to say, you don't have to lie, cheat, steal, drink, cuss, fight. He said, just neglect. Just don't do anything. Just stop maintaining. Just neglect it. And that way of escape is going to close right up. You, you won't be able to see that way of escape. And so you're not just doing this to save yourself, but those that hear you. When they hear that testimony, when they hear you preaching, so they're going to hear what you're saying. And I know today, that's maybe it's not so much as they hear, it's what they read what you're saying because of the social media. And so if you're not shining that light of that doctrine, if you're not continuing your walk with God on social media, then cancel your accounts. Yeah. Just go ahead and cancel them so that you don't make it harder for those of us that are trying to reach people. Quit confusing people and making them think the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites and things like that. Just go ahead and pick a side and live for God. And when you come to his side, live for him. Be an example of what he said of the believer. Take heed, continue, maintain. Because they're going to hear you regardless. But when they hear you, will it help them? They're going to hear what you say, whether it's sweet water or sour. Scripture says, can, can sweet water and bitter water come out of the same fountain? So they're going to hear you regardless of what you're saying, but what they hear, will it help them? It won't if our behavior is off. And I'm getting ready to wind up. i got about 10 minutes, so I'm going to, I'm going to jump right back to one more portion in Titus. In Titus 2, and probably in Titus, the number one always quoted scripture is going to be Titus 2 and 11 just about every time. I hope 3 and 8 will be big now for us. I hope 3 and 8 will be big. But Titus 2 and 11, 
go straight to the behavior of believers. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Now, Grace is not a loophole to exempt ourselves from behaving like believers. He said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. That does not mean it automatically covers all men and automatically saves all men. Jesus appeared. But did everybody believe? Just because he showed up and walked on this earth, did it save everybody? He said there was some, he, he knew it. He said there's some here that believe not. I chose all 12 of you and one of you is a devil. His hometown couldn't even get behind him. The people from where he lived, where does this man have these kind of works? We know him. We watched him grow up. We watched him uh, we was there when Mary brought him home. We know who he is. Who is this? Just because the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men does not mean all men will receive it. But when grace did show up, it began to teach us that we should see, well, grace plus nothing. I just have great grace, all grace. I'm saved by grace. God's amazing grace. I'm saved by it. And I can, hey, hey, and you think I'm kidding or not. I've had people tell me I could snort me a line of coke right now, and if Jesus come back while I was in the middle of it, I'd go straight to heaven. I could go out and be right in the middle of committing a, a felony, shooting somebody, murdering somebody, and if he comes back, I'm going because I've already believed that his grace covers it all. I've heard a famous, I say famous, uh, preacher that's on the radio and stuff all the time and has said those things that that it doesn't matter what you do after you believe grace has covered it and you're saved I can think up a lot of ungodly things that people could be doing in this world today and I'm telling you if Jesus comes back they ain't going you gonna tell me I'm not gonna get graphic or say anything but you just start thinking about things that happen in this world today and probably them people that's committing them crimes will say, well, I, I, yeah, I believed in the Lord when I was, at, I was six at Bible school, you know. And so what I'm doing now at 30 don't matter because I got saved when I was six. Grace will teach you because grace found you. Grace found you in those places that Paul wrote about when he said, and such were some of you. But now that you've been washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of our God and by the Spirit of our Lord, then, you know, guess what? Such were. You can't, there can't be no are there anymore. You can't, can't say you are still a liar. You are still a thief. It was you were, you were. But if you are doing those things, then you still are. 
and that grace didn't help you it didn't because you didn't listen. A lot of people go to school, don't listen to nothing. Got a good teacher. People making A's all around you. And you got drool on your desk while you're sleeping through class. Cause you, and why have I got an F? Everybody else made an A. Guess what? Because you've got to receive what's being taught. Teach, it teaches us. Grace is like, I'm not going to leave you where I found you, and I'm not going to leave you like I found you. It will teach you to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly. That means with a sound mind, in moderation, and with self-control. Righteously, which means fair and just, innocent and holy. You're supposed to live innocent and holy. Come on. And then godly, which is uh, uh, showing a reverence or a devotion to God. In this present world, it matters absolutely how you live in this present world. This is a letter to the saved people. Titus uh, was writing uh, or was one of uh, Paul's uh, son in the Lord. He was born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. He was a preacher. And he was saying these are things we need to write to the believers that they remember that it matters how you live in this present world. That you've got to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I know what Ephesians 2 and 8 says. Well, Pastor, for by grace are you saved through faith. See, what they quote, for by grace are you saved. Like I have nothing. Do you know that God don't save you against your will? You do play a part in your salvation. Peter said, with many other words, save yourself from this untoward generation. Work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. Listen, if you think you don't play a part in your salvation, repent and be baptized. That's your choice. Yeah. For by grace are you saved through faith. Through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Got no argument with grace being a gift of God. Do you think everybody's receiving the gift? A lot of people taking it back. A lot of people returning it. So let's say it like this. For by grace are you saved, but the conduit, the way it comes to you is through faith. Because grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. But the way it gets through you, the way it works is through faith. So if it's through faith, the Bible says faith without works is dead. So I might have faith, but if I don't have good works, there's no proof that anything has happened in my life. Grace through faith are you saved, and faith without works is dead. Grace teaches us, church, how to behave as a believer. Grace found us in the bars, in the back alleys. It found us in drug dens and with needles in our arms and smoke on our breath. It found us lying, cheating, and stealing, and it offered us a way out. But we had to receive it. 
And then once we received it, we have to be holy because he is holy. We're supposed to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And so, again, that's uh, income to the music, darling. And that's why Paul wrote, and such were, and such were some of us. I know who I was before Jesus. I don't want to even resemble that person ever in anything I do. But grace through faith has saved me. Through faith it has saved me. And now I must, as a believer, be very careful, mindful that I don't start Holding of the hands, little slumber to sleep. I don't want to just lay back and, you know, in Proverbs when he talks about that parable, he said, "I saw a man; his the walls were broke down, the all the the weeds and the garden was overgrown. Things just, you know, why? Because the guy was just sleeping; he wasn't maintaining; he wasn't taking care of his property. And now he's just in want because." What he had that could be benefiting him and others is unprofitable because he wouldn't maintain it. So now as a believer, I have to be very careful to maintain good works. I must have the behavior of a believer. It's got to be something different. Let's stand together tonight. So thankful for the instruction of God's Word. I'm telling you, I, 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 like I said the other day, I would rather know what to do and I'm so glad that God never fails to let us know what to do and how to live praise God so let's tonight uh, find a place in the altar for a few moments and pray maybe at your seat you can find time to pray for just a few minutes and let's just talk to the Lord for a minute let's check ourselves make sure that our maintenance is up up to date that we're, our maintenance is still good with the Lord that we're taking care of the things that God has given us amen God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight.
us on this walk. You know, part of maintenance is just simply getting up sometimes. The Bible says, though a good man falls, sometimes we fall. You know, you know, and we think, man, that's that's it. I've destroyed everything. But when you get back up and you keep walking for him, you're just maintaining good works because people see that the mercy of the Lord is new every morning. When you get up, people see God's mercy. They don't see a failure. They, you know, they, they people will always remember what you do. But, but when they say you get, they see you get up and just keep walking for Him. All they're seeing is the mercy and grace of God in action. And so keep getting up, keep maintaining. God's going to do some great yes. things for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. Thank you for being in service. Uh, Sunday at eleven, same setup as this past weekend, and then at twelve thirty, uh, also. So we're looking forward to a great time in the Lord. Let's get ready. Let's pray for someone to get baptized in Jesus' name and feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Have a great night. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.